Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 3, Episode 9, College Bound Browns. The episode opens at Janelle's house. Cody is talking to Mary. She is packing for Boston. And Cody inquires about if Mary is also ironing those shorts of his. Cody refers to Mary during this phone call as, Hey, lover. Yet we know Mary and Cody stopped with the intimacy in their marriage over a decade ago per Mary around the time of Vegas. So it's interesting the perception Cody wants to give off as a loving, affectionate, connected husband. Mary needs Cody to come by and pick out the shirts he wants her to iron and pack for him. And Cody lets Mary know he loves her. It's so weird to see Cody have even a shred of affection for Mary. Let's remember how the marriage ended. Mary called Cody on their anniversary, even though they were more or less estranged. And Cody told Mary, why are you calling me? We're not husband and wife. We're not acting as husband and wife. And Mary got a lot of heat for not leaving Cody, despite the levels of disrespect and the way he treats her. And... So she said, maybe we should make an announcement to the public. Let's let them know. Let's take some of the heat off me. And Cody refused. He didn't want the heat or the flack flying back on him. So that's the kind of man Cody is. Cody only loves Cody. Cody doesn't love Mary. The only person Cody really loves is himself. Notice, too, how the hey lover, I love you, Mary, comes with the demand of her ironing his shirts. Cody is frustrated. He says packing from four homes for a trip drives him nuts. They're only going to be leaving for four days to Boston, and Cody has a bunch of socks packed, but he doesn't know what to wear. The wives, Cody, and the Browns' four oldest kids are all going to tour the colleges in Boston. Logan is a senior at 17 at this time. Leo and Aspen are juniors. They are 16. And Madison is a sophomore, and she's 15 at this time. And the Brown adults and the older teens are going to participate in a panel discussion with some of the students and faculty. A few months ago, the Browns made friends with an Episcopal priest and a professor, Danielle Tominio, the lady and her husband who recently visited the Brown family in Vegas. Danielle lectures at a bunch of colleges in the Boston area, so she set up this panel discussion for the Browns to speak about their faith with a group of academics and students from the Boston area. Janelle wonders how the kids are doing with packing. Maddie is packed, but Janelle doesn't know about Logan. Of all the older kids, Logan would be the one I would least be likely to worry about. He's the most parentified. He's the most mature. Sometimes he acts wiser and more mature than Cody even, even at his age. So he would not be a concern on my radar as far as packing. Maddie is super excited to tour what she describes as the pretty big, pretty high class colleges in Boston. She says seeing the colleges might inspire her to do better in school so she can maybe possibly get into one of these universities so she can at least get into a good college. Logan says he has no illusions. Most likely he won't get into these universities, but he says it's really cool to see these grand stadiums of knowledge and learning that you see in all the movies and hear about in all the texts. Yes, the mythical academia, as wondrous and titillating as the lost city of Atlantis. That's the way Logan is speaking about seeing these colleges. It's cool to see these grand stadiums of knowledge and learning that you see in all the movies and hear about in all the texts. Logan says it'll be fun. It's worth getting out of school for two days, and the kids will also be part of the panel discussion at the college. Cody likes the idea of his kids being there because everyone gets to see that their kids are not oppressed. Their kids get to speak up They get to have a voice. Robin says the proof is in the pudding. And Cody says it makes him nervous because his kids will say what they think and they'll say how they feel. And sometimes that's like setting the grasshopper loose and grasshoppers are hard to catch. This is very interesting because later on we learn that something the kids said about being sad about their move to Vegas made her cringe because she thought people would blame them 
for the kids being unhappy because the family had to move or because they're polygamists. And she was worried people would misperceive it. And it really made her cringe when the kids were honest about that. So Cody and Robin want a voice for the kids. They don't want oppression. But just as long as what the kids say doesn't make them cringe and doesn't make their optics look bad. Ryan says when he found out that they were going to Boston and they would have to speak in front of a crowd, he didn't even hear the crowd part. He was just excited to be able to go to Boston for the first time. Aspen is nervous about the thought of sitting in front of a ton of people and having them ask questions. It's really freaking her out. Maddie says her parents are super nervous and she doesn't see why because for her, it doesn't seem that nerve wracking. She is cool as a cucumber. Janelle doesn't know if she's excited or not. She already has butterflies because she knows the people in the audience will ask about their curiosities and in reality, she feels their family is different than the stereotype that most people still have of polygamists and the FLDS. Cody says, People have preconceived notions, and the audience might have those preconceived notions, and they might have a sense of hostility towards them because of the way they think they are. Cody is worried about them comparing his family to Warren Jeffs, thinking, no, 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 you are the same as him. Janelle says, recently, Warren Jeffs, the prophet of the FLDS church, was convicted of child SA, and Cody says, Warren Jeffs was abusing his people, and some people think the Browns are of the same church as Warren Jeffs, or that the Browns are affiliated with them. And Cody says they aren't the same people, they aren't even close, and they are so separate that when people make the comparison between us and them, it makes Cody defensive. When people paint the Browns with the same brush as Warren Jeffs and his community, it makes them defensive. So Cody is worried about his own reaction to the public. And Christine jokingly says that she worries about Cody speaking publicly too. Cody teases, he worries about Christine speaking publicly. Well, isn't it interesting how all of Cody's worst fears have come true? Christine supposedly has met a man who Cody feared would take her and help her rake Cody over the coals and take him to court to steal every last coin of his. Christine has left Cody's ass and she speaks publicly. And also, Cody declared this is a patriarchy. He demanded his wives are more obedient to him. He demanded Janelle turn into Stefford wife Robin and become more loyal and more obedient so he can control her. It's a patriarchy. She knew when she signed up for this that her will was to run into his and she was to be submissive to him. And this is a patriarchy, guys, but they're nothing like Warren Jeffs. They're different. They're different. Now, the FLDS, technically the Browns are AUB, which is a sect of the FLDS. And the Warren Jeffs and the compound stuff are also FLDS, but they do things differently. But with the way Cody acts and the way he treats his wives and the way he treats his kids and the way he treats his family, the way he demands control, the way he demands a patriarchy, these types of things will help people be more ready to paint them with the same brush as Warren Jeffs, even though they may not be the same. So basically, Cody's behavior and the way he handled being a polygamist husband within his family, the way he treated his wives, and the way he treated his kids, particularly during the Rona, has led people to feel, wow, their brand of polygamy is really not so different from Warren Jeffs. Maybe they don't do the abuse and the fraud and the child brides and the arranged marriages and the assigning wives to different families and all this other fuckery, but Cody has a type of mentality that isn't conducive to healthy living. And we have seen that polygamy can be lived in a healthier, or more functional way. Look at Brady Williams and his family of My Five Wives and the way they have handled leaving their church and the way they all still stay together for the family and the way Brady takes responsibility for his wives, for their suffering under polygamy and the way he takes responsibility and he validates their struggles and their emotions 
and the way they navigate polygamy together. And that's a much healthier, more functional version of polygamy. Cody and his wives are sitting on the confessional couch. And Cody asks his wives, who is afraid of what I will say? Christine and Janelle are afraid of what Cody might say. And Mary and Robin don't comment. Cody asks Robin and Mary, you guys aren't afraid of what I'll say? And Janelle points out that Mary and Robin are the good wives. They say, whatever, it's all good. And Robin mimics being a good wife, stating, whatever you say is all good. And Christine jokes, we are playing good wife, bad wife. Cody runs to Christine's to get more stuff so he can pack more than just a plethora of socks for his four-day trip to Boston. Christine asks Cody if she can wear a dress. Christine thinks the dress might not be appropriate. It might be too flashy for public speaking. Of course, Cody doesn't care and Cody doesn't know. But let Robin ask Cody what she should wear. I bet he'll get involved. Christine is most nervous because she doesn't know a lot of people on the East Coast. And she doesn't know what their personalities are like. So she is imagining an audience full of feminists who look at them and think they live a suppressed, oppressed lifestyle. Robin says, then they misunderstand it. They look at them thinking that they're idiots who let themselves be fools, who share a husband, who settle for less when they should stand up for themselves and ask for more. And Robin says, no matter what she or her sister wives say, they want to stay in that place and in that mindset of, oh, these poor women. Christine says, the audience might ask Aspen if she wants to live plural marriage. And Aspen says, her answer will be, not right now. And Christine asks, why? And Aspen says, she doesn't want to. The Browns arrive in Boston and they're in awe of the gorgeous hotel. Cody assigns his wives rooms and Cody says, when they first got to Boston, the hotel was really nice. Cody loved their floor that they were all on. He loved the setup and he loved that he had access to the whole family whenever he wanted, unlike Vegas. Everyone was right there, so it was so much easier than being home in Vegas, where he has to drive somewhere else to see his other wives and kids. He just had to move his luggage to the next room in this hotel when it was time to rotate nights. So it was easier for Cody, and saying goodnight to everyone was so easy because everyone is right next to each other, so he can just go over and say goodnight. So it's much easier when everyone is close together. Next, Cody goes to get room keys from each of his wives. And Cody explains that when they check into a hotel, everybody has a room and Cody wants to have access to everybody there. There's a lot of juggling going on because Cody lives in all of his wives' houses. So now he will live in all of their hotel rooms too. So Cody wants access to everyone. And Robin explains that Cody is their husband and Mary says, Cody, as their husband, gets to have access anytime he wants. Every time Cody travels with his wives, he has to get a key card from each wife and he writes a code to remember which key is which so he can stop in to say hi and good morning and good night to each wife, just like he does in each home. The Browns meet Danielle and some of her students. Danielle is the theology professor and she is also a minister. She is the one who invited the Browns to the panel and she brings some students along with her to have dinner with the Browns to talk before the panel discussion. Logan has a thing for Danielle. He wanted to go see Danielle because he says she is smart, cool, and funny and she is a mix of a very smart person and Christine. Logan says this in confessional with his siblings Aspen, Maddie, and Leo there. Everyone is laughing as Aspen points out that Logan totally slammed her mom, Christine, because Danielle is a mixture of a very smart person and Christine. That would indicate that Christine isn't so smart, at least in Logan's eyes. Logan explains that Danielle was cute and bubbly like Christine, and she's also really Harvard and Yale level smart too. Janelle has always wondered what a grad or undergraduate student who went to Harvard or Tufts or any of those places really looked like because Janelle has a visual image and a stereotype of what a student should look like. So she is thinking a nerd, 
basically a person like her. And Janelle says if she would have had the grades, she probably would have fit the stereotype of the type of students who went to one of those schools. And she says the students were just kids, just like their kids. One student is curious and she asks the brown kids, since they seem to be engaging in an alternative lifestyle that is different than the norm in America, how they all feel about other alternative lifestyles like gay and lesbian marriage or polyandry and polyamory. And Maddie wants to know what that is, what polyandry is. And polyandry, of course, is more than one husband for a wife. And Aspen is good with that one. But she says she isn't allowed to say it. Christine says they really believe consenting adults should do what they want to do. And Robin says consenting adults should get to choose. Of course, I have to say 100% I agree with her. Consenting adults should get to choose. Cody says there are tenets of his faith he absolutely believes that would disagree with many other people's lifestyles or beliefs. But he believes in choice, in their opportunity to choose, and in his kids' opportunity to choose. Obviously, of course, in the Browns' faith, you can't be gay or bisexual or lesbian or LGBTQ+. And also, of course, as we know, if you're not white, you can't be a member of their church. So these are possibly the beliefs that people might disagree with that are different from other people's lifestyles or beliefs. But Cody says, ultimately, he believes in choice in other people's opportunity to choose and in his kids' opportunity to choose. Cody believes more than anything in the choice of your faith and the choice of your spouse, he says. One of the students, George, reveals that he is gay and he wondered about what their reaction would be to that, so he is glad that the Browns are all about choice. Logan says they related to George quite a bit because their family and George have to put themselves out there and say, this is who I am, take it for what you will, and they have to continually do that. Leo says they understood how George felt being discriminated against, and he also knew how they felt for the way people perceive them as polygamists. Because George is gay, the Browns are polygamists, and they both live alternative lifestyles. George points out that straight monogamous people have lives and anyone else has a lifestyle. Christine agrees and Robin thinks that's a great point and Janelle loves it too. Christine says George thought that they wouldn't like him once they found out that he was gay. He thinks George maybe thought that they wouldn't like him when they knew that he was gay, they wouldn't accept him. And Robin says she doesn't know how they could call themselves Christians and not accept anybody who comes close to them. And Christine wonders, how can we say that we don't accept George's lifestyle, but yet please accept ours too? Christine says they aren't like that. Of course, then they would be hypocrites if they don't accept gay people, but they're telling everyone to please tolerate them and please accept them living as polygamists. But let's also remember, although the Browns are more liberal and progressive and accepting in their thinking, especially on camera, we also know that in their faith, LGBTQ plus is not accepted. And if you are anything other than white, you are not allowed in their church and you certainly aren't allowed in a leadership position either. So it's still very problematic. Browns are asking for tolerance when their faith, their church is exclusionary. It's exclusive. It's intolerant. If you're not white, you can't get in. One Harvard fellow wonders if it's like they are all married to each other, if there is an intimacy there, not sex, but an intimacy that is based on a connection that they all have, all the sister wives, all the sister wives together, all the sister wives and Cody. And Mary says there is a special relationship and there can be a special relationship with her sister wives. She says an emotional intimacy is what they have. And that's as far as intimacy goes with the wives. It's a sisterhood. 
Robin feels like a sister-wife relationship is not something that anybody out in the world would ever understand unless they have it themselves. One student asks the kids if they have thought about living the lifestyle when they get older. Leo wants to live polygamy. They have felt the calling, even though they point out that their frontal lobe isn't fully formed yet. Janelle says after they met some of the students, she had hope that some of the people they would be speaking in front of would be of the same caliber. The teens go get ice cream together away from the adults and parents, and Cody wants to go too, but the adults stayed behind at the restaurant to discuss the upcoming panel discussion. Cody is curious about tomorrow, and the wives are nervous. Danielle says the audience will be curious, and most of what they say will be new to them. The Browns are their intro into something they have never seen before, and Danielle's colleague reminds the Browns that Boston is diverse as far as lifestyles go. So Danielle's colleague tells the Browns that they will find a camaraderie there since everyone with alternative lifestyles in the U.S. are all fighting for the same things. And everyone is excited about tomorrow. Logan tells the college students that his dad tells them to do what makes them happy. And he says he and his dad were hanging out and his dad told him, son, you don't have to carry on this mantle. And Cody told Logan, if he lives this polygamy just so he can copy his dad and emulate him, he will have the worst life ever. A student mentions how Leo knows that they want to live polygamy. And she asks the brown girls if they know how they want to live yet. Maddie doesn't want to live polygamy. She already knows. And Aspen doesn't think she wants to do it. She says she's only 16. She has time to decide. But she doesn't think she will live polygamy. She says it's difficult. And Aspen says it doesn't sound like the easiest lifestyle. And she wants something easier. Aspen acknowledges that her choosing to not live polygamy might hurt her parents. But ultimately, they want their kids to have a happy life. And they want their kids to be happy in whatever religion they choose. And Aspen says it might disappoint her parents and make them sad that she won't live polygamy, but they will get over it if the kids end up happy. But Aspen says if they end up unhappy, their parents might tell them they should have decided to start plural families. The student asks Leo why they decided to live plural marriage. And Leo says They can't imagine doing anything else. Leo says they will think about being older and being married. They will think about having sister wives, and it's exciting to them. The student asks what number wife Leo wants to be, and Leo wants to not want to care about that. That's their response. They want to not want to care about that, about what number wife they are, what order they are in the wives. Maddie thinks they should get back to their parents at this point. And Logan says hanging out with college students in Boston was overwhelming because they seem so smart. They made Leo scared of college. Aspen felt intimidated and excited because the students seem cool. She says they're so young. They have already learned so much. And Logan says the students were intelligent. They were considerate and they were interesting to speak with. They make college life seem fun and cool. The next morning, Christine is having fun with a Boston accent, playing around, making coffee. And Aspen jokes that as her own daughter, she doesn't even want to be around Christine, her mom. The panel discussion is this evening, but first the family is going to Plymouth Plantation, a recreation of a 17th century colonial village. Robin explains that the people there are role-playing the actual real people in history that were in these villages. They take it seriously, the actors, and you feel like you are transported back in time. Janelle says you would ask these actors their opinions on things, and they would give you the opinion of the person and time in the 17th century. Logan thought it was awesome at Plymouth Plantation. He says he's good at history and social studies, 
So to be transported back to that time period to learn about that time and that people and the way of life and culture that influenced that time period was a fun escape from reality. And Cody develops an obsession. He develops a crush. Cody asks an actor if they know Elizabeth Holland. Her home is across the street where her husband built a house for her. The founder of their church, Joseph Smith, is a direct descendant of Elizabeth Holland and John Holland. And Cody finds the actress portraying Elizabeth Holland, and she isn't breaking character. Cody explains, he gets demure. He is in this place. He feels like he is walking on holy ground because this is the great-great-grandmother of the founder of their church, Joseph Smith. Cody gets the actress portraying Elizabeth Holland to stand by him as someone takes a picture of Cody with this actress. Cody is in awe of the humongous sacrifice these people had to make to be there, to cross on the Mayflower in such harsh circumstances. Cody is feeling overwhelmed by this spirit and attitude, and he asks the actress if he can call her grandmother. It is so creepy. Everyone laughs and the actress looks freaked the fuck out. Cody says he is still thinking about it right now. He looks very emotional during this confessional scene. And he says he has the deepest respect for her. And Cody doesn't think this is trained into him. He thinks being so moved is something that just happened to him. He was just taken away with emotion of walking on that holy ground in the recreation of the 17th century at Plymouth Plantation with the actress portraying the great-great-grandmother of Joseph Smith, the prophet who's very important in their faith. Scene tells the actress that she notices her clothes are so modest. Of course, they're wearing the olden days clothes. And she asks the role player what she thinks of what she is wearing. Christine's clothes and the actress says she worries for Christine's health and that she should want to cover her skin and her head in particular for her delicate brain as a woman she has a more delicate brain that needs to be covered because according to this actress a man is hotter in his brain quicker to judgment and anger Cody says this man is slow to anger speaking of himself And he says, considering the amount of wives in his family and the size of his family. And Christine explains to the actresses that there are four wives and one husband in Cody's family. And the actress asks, so you aren't Christians? And Christine takes offense and she says they are Christians. And she gets kind of attitude-y. And Cody says, Because they practiced polygamy, the actress assumed they were not Christians. And Cody says, that's the puritanical view of that time. And it shocked Christine. It brought her Irish out. And Janelle says, Christine approached the actress and she was flippant. And Christine explains, she wanted to know about religious freedom and the mindset at the time and what their tolerance would be. For someone in their faith, a polygamist at that time in history. Cody and Janelle think Christine was flippant about it, and Christine adamantly disagrees. Cody thinks this was a fun experience, going back to see the beginning of the United States. Cody says his history of his church and faith has roots from the East, the pioneer coming out West. Cody says we have heard him use the cliche that Vegas is his Plymouth Rock. So to be at Plymouth Plantation was an opportunity to put his feet in historical places where people put their feet when they were searching for religious tolerance back in the day. It felt sacred to Cody. Cody says, feeling sacred, that's the best way to describe it. Yes, because in Cody's mind, he is a prophet. He's a hero for his people, just like the people in history who stood before him persecuted for their religion, fleeing to America. That's how Cody sees it. He had to flee from Utah to Vegas, and he thinks he is fighting for tolerance for his faith, walking in the same shoes 
as his forefathers, as the people of the past. This is how Cody sees it. He thinks he is fighting for tolerance for his faith and for his lifestyle that is intolerant of anyone who isn't white. Let's remember. George and Anya are the undergrad students from Tufts, and they meet up with the Browns to take them to see some of the colleges in the Boston area. Cody wouldn't mind his kids going to a school on the East Coast or even an Ivy League school. He wants his kids to go out into the world with open minds, big goals, and big dreams. He doesn't want them thinking they will just go to a Utah college. But Cody notes it's hard for him to move his mindset from having his kids close to having them so far away. Wow, I wonder what he feels now that most of his adult kids don't even speak to him. First, the Browns check out Tufts, and Maddie wants to know if it's hard to get in. The admissions rate at Tufts at this time is 20%, so one out of five kids who apply get in. And Cody says they absolutely expect all of their kids to go to college. Cody didn't go to college, and Cody says he feels like a dope sometimes. And Mary says none of them finished college in the regular college-aged years. So Mary hopes that their kids see their mistakes and that the kids get their degrees right out of high school. Leo says all of their parents want them to get an education. They think it's important. Logan learned from his parents that they should go to college right after high school because it's a lot harder to go to school later on or with a family. It's doable, but a lot harder. The Browns check out Harvard. Christine loves the campus. The buildings are old and gorgeous. And Christine would love it if one of the kids went to Harvard. Logan is considering it, but Harvard only accepts 8% of students who apply, and this is back at this time when this was filmed years ago. Maddie says, that's where grades count, and one of the students mentions its grades, its extracurriculars, your essay. They want a great student and a great student who will also add to their community. Logan says he thinks any kid who wants to go to college looks to Harvard and drools reveals that he got good SAT and ACT scores, so he isn't worried about getting into a big-name school. There are two main reasons he won't go to a Tufts or a Harvard or a big-name school. One is distance, and two is money. Logan says he doesn't have the funds, and Janelle says college is expensive. Even a small college is 15 or 20k a year. It's still thousands of dollars, even if the kids choose to live at home. Janelle says it's staggering when you think of the amount of children they have, they will have to get through college the way she did, the way most people do. They have to go to work and get by and they have to try for scholarships. Logan says he doesn't need to go to a big name school to get an education. He says an education is an education and as a family, they can help each other get into smaller colleges, state universities, local universities, and community colleges. Maddie wants to go back to Utah for college. She says it would be awesome to go to schools on the East Coast, but it's so far away from everyone she knows and what she has grown up knowing. Leo wants to go to college in Utah. They were discussing moving back to their Lehigh home with Maddie to go to college in Utah. Aspen wants to stay home in Vegas for two years. She wants to go to UNLV, and then maybe she'll move somewhere else, like maybe California. Logan says if he stays local, he'll go to UNLV, and if not, he wants to go to Southern Utah University. He says Tufts is too far away, and he wants to learn the college ropes before moving across the nation. Logan is very practical. He's very wise. He's like a wise old man. He got this practicality and wisdom and way of thinking from Janelle. Aspen suggests that she and Logan can go to Tufts together and Logan says he would consider it. Everyone heads to the panel discussion at the Heinz Center. Cody is in a fog. He doesn't know what to expect other than telling people about himself and answering questions. Cody loves the limelight. His ego loves attention. He has delusions of grandeur. He loves this attention. Mary isn't nervous at all, like Maddie. She says 
She might be when she sees the audience, but for now, she's cool. She's chill. She's fine. Christine says she's chill as a Sunday morning, but underneath it all, she's nervous. Janelle isn't nervous. She just wants this to be over. Robin says, everybody says that they're okay, but they are just a bunch of liars. Robin is calling everybody out. She thinks everybody is nervous. She wants everybody to admit it. Maybe this is projection with Robin calling everybody a bunch of liars, considering how she lies all the time. And then she projects accusing other people of lying, just like how she accused Christine of lying twice, disrespecting her in her own home. Maybe because Robin lies, she assumes everybody else lies too. Christine wants to know what is so wrong with thinking positively. Mary asks if Christine is saying she isn't nervous because she is thinking positively, or she wonders, is she actually really not nervous? Robin adds that she doesn't think there is anything wrong with being nervous. She says it's natural human emotion Mary says nothing is wrong with feeling nervous, but she clarifies she isn't nervous. Janelle says she always has a concern when they are talking to a demographic that is more permissive and open. She says it's a university town, so Janelle is worried that the audience will ask questions that they're uncomfortable with, and they want to keep the communication open so they can't be rude but Janelle feels they almost might need to be rude with some of the questions. Robin says she wouldn't talk about her sexuality with anybody or their sexuality with anybody. They regard it so respectfully. So when people talk about it openly or when they expect the Browns to talk about their sexuality, they are disrespecting their belief system. Also, if they talk about their sex life, Everyone's going to find out Cody is only sleeping with one wife. He wasn't sleeping with Mary around the time of Vegas, and he stopped intimacy with Christine around the time after Truly was born. Then he tried to use it later on in Flagstaff as a bargaining chip to leverage Christine being friendlier to Robin. So sex became a manipulation tool, a bargaining chip for Cody in his marriage to Christine. So if the Browns talk about sex, they're going to discover that Cody is mostly really only sleeping with one wife, the favorite wife. It's interesting too. Robin would never talk about her sexuality. But how can we forget the purity talk? Robin says that Danielle seemed nervous when she met up with the Browns before the panel discussion. And Cody and the other wives agreed. Danielle was nervous and seeing Danielle nervous, it made them more nervous. Robin worried that there might be sharks coming. Danielle introduces the Browns, and Cody says they are confident, but they fear someone could get nasty and insult them or shatter their calm. Cody fears somebody might say that they are liars, or Cody Brown, you are a misogynist controlling these women. And Cody says it gives him a lot of credit for him to be able to hypnotize all of his wives. But he says that would be a scary thought. So Cody's worst fear is being accused of being a misogynist, of being a liar, of being controlling, controlling these women. But we have all heard Cody shouting about patriarchy, preaching about how Janelle signed up for patriarchy to run her will into his. We all heard Cody tell Janelle she had to change herself to become more like the favorite wife, more loyal, more obedient, more submissive to make her marriage to Cody work. And that's Cody's worst fear, that someone will call him a liar, that someone will call him a misogynist, that someone will call him a controller of his wives. And Cody, through his words and actions and behaviors, made all of his worst fears come true. All by his own hand, all by his own words, his own actions on the show. He's shouting about a patriarchy, but he's no misogynist. He explains that to understand his history, you have to understand Mormon history. In the mid to early 1830s, Cody says a man named Joseph Smith Jr. began a faith, a church, and a tenant of the faith of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was a lifestyle known as 
plural celestial marriage or Mormon polygamy. And in 1890, the Mormon church officially stopped polygamy. And by 1910, they ceased practicing polygamy altogether. And at this point, Cody's church, the FLDS, formulates and separates from the mainstream Mormon church, the LDS. And Cody thinks plural celestial marriage was established by God. And he says he wasn't trying to sell the audience or convince them, but he was giving them the perspective that Joseph Smith received this law by way of commandment and he chose to abide by that commandment. And he was blessed with this wonderful family. The family Cody now refers to as the obstacles to his goals in life. And as we know, Cody has succeeded in alienating every wife but the soulmate wife, the favorite wife, freeing himself from those obstacles. Janelle is separated. Christine left. Mary had no choice. He's only with Robin now. The older kids join their parents on stage to take audience questions. One woman asks what kind of choices the adults are making in terms of educating their children. And she asks if the Browns feel any pressure to have the kids carry on the lifestyle and the faith. Christine answers that they try to give their kids as much freedom as possible. They want their kids to have full enriched lives and they would love for their kids to be able to travel. They push college on their kids like nothing else. And Christine says the kids can marry who they choose. Christine says as much enjoyment and fulfillment as they have found living this lifestyle, living plural marriage, it's for them. It's for the brown adults and it's a calling for them and it's a religious decision for them. And they don't want the kids to live it unless they want to and they choose to. And they have made that very clear to the kids. Another lady asks how they make it work so easily. And she tells Cody he's a hell of a man because most men would tell you they couldn't handle four women. Janelle says Cody puts up with a lot of crap. He's in the doghouse a lot. And Janelle says they have had their really tough spots, jealousy. Those things are all things they truly believe are important to overcome as part of the lifestyle. Right. Remember when I got some insight into the faith from the episode I did covering the Angel Park study and we discovered that in the FLDS, in polygamy, the objective is God wanting you to become the best version of yourself. And a big part of living polygamy for the women is overcoming these weaknesses, these base human emotions seen as weaknesses in their faith, like jealousy, natural human emotions you feel as a result of sharing a husband to have to get into heaven. Emotions like jealousy, envy, competition, sadness, suffering, loneliness, anger, insecurity. All of that is weakness God wants you to overcome to be your best self and it makes you better. And if you struggle with these human emotions, these natural instincts, it's because you don't believe enough. You aren't doing what God wants you to do. So when Janelle says they believe jealousy and all the other emotions that come with sharing a husband with plural marriage are important to overcome, if you don't find a way to overcome these emotions as a woman in this situation, you are seen as weak. You feel inept spiritually. You don't believe enough. You live plural marriage and you battle these emotions, this human frailty, this weakness, because then you get to be the way God wants you to be. You get to be your best self. You get to get into heaven for living this way. Janelle says part of the lifestyle is overcoming the emotions, the jealousy from sharing a husband. Robin, of course, has a lot of experience being a sister wife. Of course, she was only a sister wife in her formerly plural marriage to Cody. Now it's a monogamous marriage, of course, and she grew up in polygamy. But when she was married, there was only a monogamous relationship between her and her husband. So Robin really never experienced polygamy from the perspective of being a sister wife until she married Cody. And this was maybe three years into their marriage, if not less. But she wants to add to what Janelle said about being a sister wife. So Robin adds that you have to realize that if you are going to be a sister wife, 
The most important thing, the biggest thing you have to realize is you have to support your sister wife's relationships with your own husband. You have to support their relationships with your own husband. And when you stop doing that, when you stop as a sister wife supporting your sister wife's relationship with your husband, you fail. That's very interesting that Robin said that because she wasn't really very supportive of her sister wife's relationship with her husband, knowing she was the favorite wife, knowing she had influence over Cody. What did she do? Tried to play manipulation games. Cody used sex as a manipulation tactic in his marriage with Christine to try to get her to be friendlier to Robin. And with Janelle, to try and turn Janelle against Christine, who left, who was like a sister to Janelle, Robin went and blabbed about every interaction she ever had with Christine, all the ways Christine harassed her and bullied her and made her feel like an outcast. And Cody would listen to Robin's stories and then he would go talk shit about Christine to Janelle to try to turn Janelle against Christine because Robin wanted to be besties with Janelle. Robin wanted Janelle as an ally. And we know in the past, Robin had gone to Janelle asking, can we be closer? Can we be closer friends? And Janelle isn't crazy about Robin. She didn't really want to. She said, I'll think about it. So Robin really did the opposite of what she advises as her biggest piece of advice if you're going to be a sister wife, that you have to support the relationship between your sister wife and your husband. And if you don't, you fail. Robin actually did the opposite. She seemed to influence Cody to manipulate her sister wives as a husband to his other wife to remove intimacy, to do different manipulative tactics, to try and encourage his other wives to behave as she wanted them to towards her, the favorite wife, and as he wanted them to towards Robin, the favorite wife. And so she triangulated Cody in. She kept him seething in resentment, telling him all the horror stories of what she experienced with his wives to keep him angry, to keep him resentful, to keep him feeling defensive and protective of her, his soulmate and her kids, so that he would go into these other relationships with resentment. That's not supporting the relationship your sister wife has with your husband. That's triangulating your husband into your issues with your sister wife and getting him to try to leverage and manipulate his wives to get a different result with his favorite wife. That's not supporting a relationship your sister wife has with your husband. That's creating resentment. That's creating issues. That's creating problems and instability in those relationships with intention. So Robin did the opposite of the advice she is giving, which I find interesting. One lady in the audience asks why they think people get so angry with polygamy. And Christine says it's because polygamy is something they don't understand. She says they all get angry and frustrated with different lifestyles that they don't understand. We all do it. And she says when people think people's rights are being taken away or children are being abused or girls are being forced to marry, it even makes her angry. Christine says it's because people need to know more and they need to realize that this, the Brown family, is the norm of polygamy. And Christine says there are more people like them than people in the Warren Jeffs society. Christine wants to make it clear that they are nothing like Warren Jeffs. And Robin says they don't believe in child brides or forcing marriages. Everybody gets to choose. And she says there are so many things, but all of the atrocities and awful things in the media about Warren Jeffs make her shake. She gets so mad and she wishes she could go save every girl. Yeah, but she doesn't even make a room in her house for truly. Cody's daughter. Robin says that Warren Jeffs used his position as I'm speaking for God. I'm your prophet. I'm your leader to abuse all of his community members. And she says it's sick and wrong. And there are children and women and men that Warren Jeffs has hurt and abused 
basically all in the name of God. And it makes Robin so angry, especially over something she holds so dear. She says Warren is doing this under a tenet of her faith, under this umbrella that she finds so holy and so important. He is abusing children and women with it. And she thinks Warren Jeffs deserves to rot in hell. I'll have to agree with Robin on that one. Warren Jeffs deserves to rot. One lady in the audience asks how Cody would feel if the tables were turned and there were additional husbands instead of additional wives. And Cody feels this is the most abrasive question of all from his perspective. Cody admits that it's hypocritical, but he says somebody asked him what he thinks of the idea of brother husbands. And Mary says that's not a tenet of their faith. And Janelle asks the lady, who really wants that? Who would want brother husbands? Janelle asks the lady, would she want it? Robin says, please no. And Janelle says, guys are a lot of work. Cody has said he knows his views about brother husbands are hypocritical before. Remember Mary's 20th wedding anniversary when Mary tells Cody to just imagine how he would feel, the emotions he would experience if she had other husbands? And Cody told her it was sickening. It was preposterous. It was vile. He wasn't going to even picture it. Any emotions Mary experiences are her problem. He doesn't even want to think about it. She signed up for polygamy. And in his perspective and in the religious perspective, it's Mary's weakness. It's her jealousy. It's her emotions for her to overcome. It's not Cody's problem. Janelle says, Religions have rules or belief, things like conduct in a marriage and foods you can or can't eat. Every religion has rules they feel bring them closer to God. That's how it is for them. They feel like living plural marriage is a commandment designed for their happiness. Mary says the way plural marriage is for them, the way they believe and accept is one man and multiple wives. They don't do it the other way around. And Mary says she would never choose to have more than one husband because she doesn't feel it's right from a religious standpoint and from a personal standpoint. She needs her me time and she wouldn't get it with many guys around. One guy in the audience asks if the kids are happy that they came out in public or if they could go back in time, would they prefer not to have come out publicly as a polygamist family? Logan says there have been great things that have come out of this. They have taken the next step to release the fear and the tension and the stereotypes that revolve around polygamy. But on the other hand, he admits he isn't as happy in Vegas as he was in Utah. Leo thinks their life has been easier since coming out as a polygamous family because they don't have to tell people. Everyone knows they don't have to explain. My dad has four wives. Most people know now it's not a secret. One lady asks what it was like leaving Utah and whether they would like to go back. And Maddie says it was heartbreaking leaving Utah. And some of them would like to go back. Maddie plans to move back. Leo misses Utah. They want to move back. Aspen doesn't want to go back to Utah. She likes Vegas. And she says Vegas is fine until college. Logan says that Aspen really likes Vegas, but she doesn't like the family situation of everyone living separately and everyone being so sad. Maddie says in the end, they always have their family to love them behind them. But there was a whole life they left behind in Utah. Cody says they are not as together as they were in Utah. The experience of moving from Utah was very hard physically and emotionally. And Cody says he feels overwhelmed at the thought of what they did with that move to Vegas, moving a family of 21, having to reestablish your life. Not because you want to do it, but because it's the best choice of the choices they had. Again, they did not have to move from Utah. The Browns were not going to be charged with anything or fined or separated as a family or jailed. Cody used that as a way to motivate his kids and for a storyline for viewers. And they easily could have stayed in Utah if they wanted to. No charges were brought. Cody is the one who decided to move knowing he was not under any threat of having his family separated or being jailed. He was making a big show out of it, making the kids think it's our family or staying in Utah. 
when that wasn't the truth. And we got the storyline of the Browns being forced out of Utah when they were under no threat of any criminal charges or consequences provided. Upon investigation, they found no other crimes being committed. And they investigated. They found no other crimes being committed. They found no fraud, no abuse, no other crimes. So the charges for bigamy weren't brought and they could have stayed in Utah. They weren't forced out. Cody wanted the move to Vegas. It was a great storyline. And of course, Robin had family in Vegas as well. Cody uprooted his family and he created stress and emotional issues for some of them. And he wants to blame Utah like they were forced to move when really he made the choice. There were no formal charges ever. Robin says the kids were honest about not doing so hot in Vegas after the move. And it made her cringe when she heard the kids being so honest. Janelle says that was one of the questions she worried would be taken out of context because Janelle says the kids are unhappy in Vegas, but it doesn't mean the kids are unhappy with everything else in their world. Robin says that somehow their faith and the choices they made as adults have made the kids' lives miserable, and she doesn't want people to take it out of context. It's not just about a move or because they are a plural family that the kids are unhappy. Cody is grateful. He embraces this lifestyle and he thinks 90% of their happiness will be easily determined by their attitudes. Wow, tell that to the Cody of the Rona seasons. Cody says the choice of who we marry, he thinks, actually determines about 90% of our happiness. So Cody was happy to be able to choose these four beautiful women and have them bring these beautiful children into his life. Yes, his wives and kids, now known as the obstacles to his goals in life. But back then, they were beautiful women who have brought these beautiful children into his life. And now his wives and kids, his family, are the obstacles to his goals in life. Mary thinks Boston was a great experience, great for the kids. Aspen cares more now about her grades post-Boston, and she wants to get into a good college to have a better life and a better job. One guy tells Mary and Janelle he thought they would be in prairie dresses, and one lady tells Christine it's interesting how the Browns have made their family work when so many families don't work. Robin says it wasn't some angle, there wasn't some sort of point, it wasn't trying to get a dig, it was just pure curiosity the audience had. And Mary likes it when people are just curious about it. And Cody likes it when people are just curious, open, and non-combative. Cody says people just want to know what makes them tick without judgment. Mary says, I told you so because she wasn't nervous about the panel from the get-go and everyone else was. One audience member says the women are so independent and strong, they like time to themselves and they can choose what they want to do with this lifestyle. One guy was surprised that the Browns acted like people he wouldn't mind hanging out with. One girl in the audience said that the Browns seemed normal and different than she was expecting. Cody thinks allowing the students into their lives a little bit with this panel discussion, they're able to give them a glimpse into a family that's made a choice. And he thinks when people hear their story, they think, why not? Why not allow them to choose? Cody hopes that's what they see. If these students also watch the show, they also see Cody asking Janelle to change, to become more obedient and loyal like the favorite wife, to submit to Cody's patriarchy. They see Cody neglect his kids, like not even meeting the basics as a father of attending his daughter's major surgery. They might see a guy who whistles at his now ex-wives like one would whistle to a dog to get them moving and a guy hungry for control who routinely forgets his kids' birthdays and ages. Let's also not forget the time he used sex as a bargaining chip to try and force Christine to be friendlier to Robin. It's a patriarchy. Cody is an alpha male. His family is now an obstacle to his goals in life. Yet Cody hopes back in season three, people will hear the Brown story and be more tolerant when most adults don't give two fucks about how consenting adults live. And Cody's faith, his church, doesn't allow anyone in who is not white. But he just wants tolerance for his choice. And he hopes we give it. 
when no one really cares how consenting adults live. We give tolerance. No one cares how anyone else lives. If they care, if they hate it, when it doesn't involve them directly, it's because they can't understand it or they fear it. But most people, by and large, tolerate. But it's very interesting that Cody begs for tolerance. He begs for acceptance. But in his faith, he lived the principle for. In his faith, he built this plural family for. He built upon this faith. He begs everyone to be tolerant of this faith, of his family, cap in hand. But this faith isn't so tolerant of anyone who does not look like he does. That does it for this episode. I'll be back next week for the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch, Sister Wives Season 3, Episode 10, Sister Wives on the Strip. To my YouTube viewers, please like, subscribe, and let me know your thoughts in the comments section if you like. To my podcast listeners, don't forget to rate and follow this podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye.